0: following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of wfmd so you're going to a church and you're thinking about leaving should you or you're not going to church you're thinking about going to one but you don't know which one to pick and you find when you think maybe that's the one i should go to should you we're here to try to help you navigate through that on this week's edition of the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD also on the FM at uh, 99.9 HD2 if you got one of those fancy radios and we're heard all around the world and probably out into the uh, universe somewhere at www wfmd.com. You can listen to us live. You can listen to the podcast later, and you can connect to the podcasts uh, and all sorts of other information at my church's website. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com, householdoffaithinchrist.com. I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of that church, and two other pastors of another church in Frederick County are Imran and Daniel Rasby. They're on the show as well this week, and they've got a ministry that has a website. It's called conqueredbylove.org, conqueredbylove.org. So last week we started with the idea of the setup was that I had mentioned a few months back now, probably five, six months ago now on the show, that I was hard pressed to, in good conscience, identify churches in our immediate area, in the Frederick County area, that I could feel good about recommending because I just don't know. There's some I know I, I would never recommend, and there's some I felt like, yeah, I, I think I would recommend them three years ago. But what I still recommend them today, and we talked about some of the things they have to—they have to be believe in the Bible. They have to read the Bible, teach the Bible, uh, not make up their own stuff, make the Bible say what they want it to say. They have to be—you uh, know—they have to defend the the right to life of the unborn. Uh, they they have to uh, be biblical in their sexuality questions, what you know, whether it be uh, 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 promiscu- uh, promiscuity in or outside of marriage among uh, a man and a woman. Or you know, sexual identity issues uh, among those that identify as uh, as um, same sex or homosexual or anything like that—they have to be biblical on those questions. Um, trying to think, of, we said that some of the non-issue, well, they, they, they're important, but they're not the kinds of things that would keep us from recommending another church. Is if they disagree with us on questions of baptism or end times view. Um, or trying to think some and, other the, things and we, we made to
1: a strong answer. recommendation for finding a church that has kids and parents worshiping together
0: right yeah that wasn't a knockout blow but yeah we have we would have a strong preference trying to find a church that's gonna really yeah. help to equip the parents to train up their kids rather than take that responsibility from the parents and try to train up the kids exactly. without the parents that's that's an important
2: And you know thing. if you're offended by what we're saying then take a moment and think about it and maybe reach out to us and say hey uh, you know I think I have a good church and this is why we'd be happy to talk to you we're not here to bash churches we're here to promote God promote the Bible and God's Word so this is not a a show that we're trying to say, "Hey, we're better than everybody else." No. God is better than everybody else. Oh, the Bible
0: you. is the truth. It's not just a, like a cliché thing to say, "Oh, I know, I'm sure we get things wrong." No, I'm sure we get things wrong. There Absolutely. are things that I know that we're not doing as well as we might because of you know, the stage of development our church is in, the nature of the people we have, my own personal li- uh, limitations. And I, I, I would benefit from having somebody who has different skill sets to, to come up and join what we're doing. Or there are certain things that I know at week in and week out. I was like, boy, I wish we did that better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying that we're perfect by any sense, but, but we're being as, as diligently obedient as we can identify given our situation from the pages of Scripture. That is, by, that is the motivation. And that's what I'm saying with these other churches. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and one of the other things that that we came up after we the show last time is there should be a um, specific leadership and uh, accountability. When a pastor does not have accountability, that tends to lend itself to being become cultish and led by the the pastor with no accountability. It can change mm-hmm. and unless quickly.
1: it's a church plant and there's like three people at the church or something. You need you need to have elders. You need to have multiple
0: right and in men, that case, Multiple men, not men and women, multiple men that are accountable and leaders. Absolutely. And in that case, they're going to have some other sort of oversight and accountability and structure in place is going to help them with the church line. Usually, not always, but usually. And if they're smart and savvy, they're going to realize pretty quick, I better address that. And they're going to figure out how to build that quickly. So if, yeah, you find a, a new church and they don't have that in place. There's just the one pastor, but you talk to the pastor and he says, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's a ch- challenge for us, but we're going to have some sort of an elder led structure in place inside of the next calendar year. Like that's definitely where we're going. Okay, good answer, that's fine. Cause like you said, it might not, I mean, right. if you've got like 10 people in your church and the only person qualified to be an elder is the pastor, we're not gonna take unqualified people and make them elders, that's just not gonna happen. There's, there is a list of qualifications in the Bible yes. for
1: what to be in, in Timothy and um, in one other book.
0: Uh, The two different lists. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to blank myself. But there are
1: there's two different lists of you must be this and this and this. We're not going to go into today, but you can look it up. What are the qualifications for an elder? The Bible is very clear, so it's not my list or your list. It's it's what the Bible says. There's one thing that may come up, and and I think you'll agree with me. Um, Do you think it should be a requirement that the pastor or elder has a seminary degree?
0: No, because there's no biblical requirement. No, there's no biblical
1: requirement. Like in fact, I th- I'd say, if anything, it tips the scales against the church, not for the church. Yeah, well, Because yeah, the, the garbage that most depe- seminaries yeah, teach these depending
0: on the seminary they went to and yeah. how, how awake to what they were being fed by the seminary. Like uh, There are some people that are really rock-solid biblical teachers oh, yeah. in the church oh, who probably, went to liberal seminaries. By right. liberal, I don't mean they voted for Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. I mean liberal theologically and by that. There is some overlap because uh, liberals politically... Part of what defines that is the words on the page of the constitution don't really mean or need to mean what the words on the page of the constitution mean and i think that same ideological stance with the bible too the words on the page of the bible don't really mean or need to mean what they really say they can mean whatever i want them to say it's a living breathing document and i'll just (laughs) import my own ideology into the white space on the page
2: it was for that culture back then you know thousands of years ago so that's what i mean when i say liberal but so definitely stay away from a church that
1: believes or teaches that the pastor may have been trained in one of those seminaries, and that's something you should be very careful, make sure he doesn't actually agree with that or believe that. But uh, many, many, I, I guess most seminaries these days are liberal seminaries, um, even it, if they it's don't. It's
0: overwhelming. Even if they, so. they have a strong statement of honest, faith. Uh, in the old days, our uh, show open for the faith debate. Uh, we've had a few of them over the years, and one of them would introduce me uh, as, you know, Troy Skinner with an, a Master of Divinity, Divinity degree from Reformed Theological Seminary. Well, that's not something I want to brag about anymore because RTS has drifted increasingly in the last few years mm-hmm. in a uh, woke direction. I don't think that they're full scale, hardcore woke right now. But they're and flirting the right faith, on the edge, and, and the statement a, of
1: faith might not be. But the professors are teaching exactly, some of this stuff. and
0: some of them I know, some of those professor, uh, professors I know really well, and I don't think that I, I like to hope they would never actually. But they're going to be outnumbered before they know it. Yeah. So that
1: gives us a good segue, right? There's a lot of pastors we know that we were really surprised. Like, no, they would never. And then two years ago, something happened. So what happened, Troy? Two years ago, in March of 2020.
0: Yeah. Well, and and. Um, Three years ago almost now and it's not just related to uh, the uh, the virus that came out of the lab in Wuhan it's also related to all of the protests and civil strife that were happening that year 2020 was just a crazy crazy year and so you got the combination of a I feel unbiblical response generally speaking by the church to the government uh, dictates about how to handle worship or not handle worship. Uh, And on top of that, I mean, wokeism has been a rising thing for years. People have been paying attention. It's been gathering steam for decades. And it really started to pick up a lot of steam probably about seven, eight years ago. And then three years ago-ish, 2019, it just... It was a hardcore sprint to the finish line, and that came began to really come to a head where people were able to see that the next year in the summer of 2020 with all those BLM riots and all that sort of stuff. So the combination of the – I don't know if everyone knows what I mean by woke. I'm talking about this idea that uh, – well, you're hearing a political ad probably if if you – you, consume much media you're hearing a, a political ad right now michael huff running for county executive is running a an ad or his people who people who support him i'm not sure if it's him or people who support him running an ad uh, a hit ad against uh, jessica fitzwater the democrat candidate where she back in 2020 she's on record there's a video recording of her saying that she's a white person and therefore she has white privilege and she says i am a racist so Jessica, Jessica Fitzwater is an an admitted racist, but we got to understand people. Like you know, right, you just shook your head. I first time I heard it too, I shook my head. Like what is she? What's going on? But you got to understand from that point of view, they're, they're not they ashamed a good of that. It's a good thing. Now there's a hypocrisy thing because if she really believes that she has too much privilege and that she's taking power from somebody who's a person of color, then she should not be running for the lead right. position in county government, she should be backing some person of color for that position. So there's there's that issue. But they, they're proud of it. And there are a lot of churches, a, a lot of churches, that pastors stood up and they told the white people in their congregation that they needed to go to the black people, either if, they, if there were black people in their church, or black people they knew, and apologize to them for being racist. And even if they did right. this, they would still be guilty of having white privilege and being racist because you can't ever change the color of your So You're always you, – you just are always going to be. And A lot where of exactly that, that. is that in the Bible? Well
2: – That's the problem. Well, when the, they're teaching social culture and not the Bible, that's the problem. See, their argument would
0: be – and I'm not making their argument for them, but the, just the, their biblical argument would be that, you know – Jesus and God always cares about the down, downtrodden, the underprivileged, the poor, and we need to be concerned for them. In our cultural context, that would be you know blacks and Hispanics and people who have been held down for generations. And so if we really love them and we're going to recognize that our ancestors played a hand in that, and so we have some guilt by association and we need to own that. The problem is... Uh, my grandfather's sin is not my sin. I do believe that bi- there's a biblical principle of generational sin, and it can be become habits within families, and there and there can be these 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 strongholds where you know um, I don't believe that alcoholism is an inherited thing, but I do believe it can be passed down because if somebody grows up in an alcoholic environment, they're more likely to take on that habit themselves because that's what they've been immersed in. So I do think there's a generational sin in that regard. But if my father was an alcoholic, I don't, and, and he beat my mother. I don't have any responsibility for that. I didn't beat my mother, he did. And so, to, 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 for me to take the guilt that belongs to him is, is, is not biblical. But that goes into uh, an honor, they, honor and
1: shame discussion as well, which we maybe we'll have in a few months. Also. Yeah.
0: So, the, um, anyway, so they would make what they think is a biblical argument. But the problem is, it's only focused on taking care of the poor. So you're showing partiality to the poor, which the Bible explicitly, specifically says not to do. You shouldn't show partiality to the rich or the poor. And so it's a total. But they're not they're not reading Scripture. And so any church that is quote unquote woke that has bought into this this, is not a church of God. Exactly. It is not a
2: church of the Bible.
0: And that's a lot of the churches. And so I can't recommend any of those. Right. And they're sneaky because you walk up to a pastor and you say, hey let's say you were a woke pastor. You're not, Imran. Cause I know you well enough. I know you're not. But if somebody didn't know you, I didn't know you well enough. And last thing you want to do is go, so Imran, are, are, you, are you in your church? You woke? Absolutely not. You're going to say no whether you are or not, right? You're going to say no, even if you, probably 80% of them are going to say no because they realize it's kind of the third rail and you want to nuance it. Well, I don't know. It depends on what you mean by woke. And so you got to ask them questions carefully. Like, do you believe that all men and women are created equal in the image of God and that uh, melanin count in your skin has no effect on whether you're sinful or not sinful. You got to ask them very specific. Do you think it's okay to show partiality to the poor because Jesus says we need to take care of the widow and the orphan? He's phrased it that way. They're going to say, well, yes, of course. And you got them because the answer should be, well, no, we don't show partiality to anybody ever. Right. God's not a respecter of persons, and neither are we at this church. Yep, that's the right answer.
2: And, and when you're doing your research and you look at the websites of different churches, if they have yoga and reiki and mazes, stay away. That's all Eastern cultural mysticism that's gone in, and that's no—that is demonic. Not, it's very demonic. I will
1: take a stand here and say that yoga is demonic. Yeah, and uh, if well, you're listening to this and you've done yoga and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, actually, yoga has its roots in Hindu religion. And it invites demonic possession.
0: I think that uh, yoga, uh, as originally imagined, I I agree 100%. But I wonder about, you know, uh, mostly it's women, but it could be men too. The men and women that are just doing Stretches that have been developed by people that well, practice I'm, yoga, I'm, and, they, and they would call it yoga, but they're not
1: actually. Doing I'm just spiritual. I'm aspects, just doing right? push-ups in front of the bale statue. It's just to build my muscles. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not well, actually. Yeah, no. if,
0: you're, if you If got the bale statue involved, you got a problem. No, but but that's the same thing. But that, that's what but I'm saying. There are certain poses nope. and stretches that they certain, do that were probably developed in a yoga context, but that at this stage have this zero. Specifically,
1: the certain order of poses is designed to open up your uh, mind and soul to demonic possession. And it works the same mm. way whether you understand it's being done or
0: not. Um, that's maybe a topic for I another know. conversation. Yeah,
1: I know. Um, but definitely stay away if your church is sponsoring yoga. Yeah, we'll that, say that.
0: I'll, I'll, make a, I'll make a note that maybe we can bring that yeah. up because I'm, I'm curious. I, I might throw personally. I think I might throw that into the category of uh, of uh, of like food offered offered to idols. I think I might put it in that category.
2: So what Daniel's saying is, look, there's a locked door, and if you press the keys in a certain order, it opens the door. Whether you know that you're pressing the keys in that order to open the door or not, you're pressing the keys in that order to open the door. So when you're doing yoga, and again, we're all like, little bit.
1: it's kind of like um, uh, uh, hypnotism. Hypnotism opens up your mind to suggestion, including by demonic uh, as presence. And you could be doing hypnotism just for fun or because you think it's funny or a joke or
0: for psychological reasons, but it opens yeah. up your mind to demonic possession. Well, I will say this yoga is poses to, do that. to take these topics and swing them back into the main, stream uh, line of thought, what we're talking about today. If a church is advertising Reiki and yoga and uh, and, and some sort of an Enneagram diagnosis, of personality yeah. profile or something, those... You might not be as hardcore as Daniel and possibly Imran are on those, but I will say those are tells. Like if you're playing poker. They're red flags. Right? These are flags that are popping up. It's like you shouldn't need an Enneagram profile. You've got the Bible. You shouldn't need Reiki. You've got, you know, uh, biblical prescriptions of how to handle certain things. Like you, you, so those would be red flags at the least. They, for me, they wouldn't automatically be knockouts, but, boy, they would raise a lot of questions. And I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that if I dug just a little bit deeper, I'd find a whole bunch of other issues that I wouldn't need to have that be the knockout issue. There'd be other things that would just be right. part and parcel that goes with it. So the other big thing that happened in 2020 was COVID, was COVID and, the, uh, and the lockdowns that went with that. What is your guys' view on if a church went along with the lockdowns?
1: I think it depends on the, how long, right? Because wh- they kept telling us at the beginning, oh, it's just going to be two weeks. We need to make sure we protect the people who are too vulnerable and we would not, you know, that they're gonna, this is going to spread too fast. We don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. Two weeks and then it turned into two months or whatever. But if your church was still shut down, let's say June of 2020, that was a problem. It's one thing to say, okay, you know, if there's an outbreak, there there is biblical precedent for mask wearing. There's biblical precedent for quarantine. To look at the, what, what lepers are supposed to do. Lepers are supposed to put a covering on their upper lip and stay away from everybody.
0: That's for the sick, though. It, what, right? Whatever. We're, we're bottling but, up the, the health. Pro- there's, the no b- there's no biblical precedent for that.
2: <laughs> right. So the, the, what Daniel is saying, at that point, we had a lot of mixed information. We didn't know what to expect. We were given a lot of false information, uh, false guidance. And now if I, you're if you don't know what to expect about the sickness, somebody could be carrying it. Yes, it's it's prudent to be and wise to be cautious, but cautious for a little bit, but not to the point where you're shutting down service and you're requiring people to wear masks. So, you can't so sing I'm, without masks.
1: I'm happy to be able to say that we did we did absolutely nothing to protect our church from COVID. We. Never wore
0: masks. You're still alive? I, I must we be never talking to a ghost. You, you must be dead. <laughs> we, nobody
1: ever wore masks in the church, and we never ever asked them. In fact, we encouraged people not to, um, and nobody ever required vaccines or anything like that. We never stopped anybody from wearing a mask. Now, the there are some many churches that required masks for the longest time, and some of them actually required vaccines, or they separated, vaccinated, yeah. and unvaccinated so people.
0: That to me, those... For me, you guys can see if you tell me if you agree or not. For me, those would be knockouts. I would not recommend a church unless they've repented of that. Then I would recommend them. But to me, it's not just—I'll start with the points you did make. You made the point about the length of time. That is important. Now, I, because of the nature of the way my, my brain and my motivations work, and because I happened to catch wind of the story in a particular context that had me way ahead of the curve compared to the average person— I was very early, like before the lockdowns, I was predicting the lockdowns were going to come. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you're crazy. It'll never happen. It's a free country. Yep. Constitution won't We said the same thing. So, no, we no, said no it'll it's be a going month. to come. And they're going to do it for the wrong reasons because I was looking at the data as best as you can trust what you're getting out of China and Italy and all that. I was looking at all the data and I was like, the narrative they're trying to weave here that I can tell, I could feel the momentum. I said, it's not true. They're lying to I don't know the absolute truth of it, but I know they're lying. And it's nowhere near as bad as they're saying this is crazy. But not everybody's going to be as insane about that kind of stuff as I am. So I get it. Some people are caught off guard, and everybody's panicking and saying this is the worst thing ever. And the death rate's like 5%, which is catastrophic. And so they, they shut down their churches. So the length of time, because you shut down for a few weeks to figure out, and you—, you Take the time to dig into the data, to dig into the stories, to see who's telling the truth. And it should have only taken a handful of weeks, a month at the most, in my opinion, because that's about right. how long it took me to figure out. If it took me a month, it should take. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So if I could do it in a month, other people could figure out a month too. And I'd the be a little more lenient.
1: I'd be a little more lenient. i say by the summer of 2020. Okay, so everybody a few really months. knew. It, it was obvious by that point that COVID was not what it was cracked up to okay, be. Okay,
0: so, so a few months. But it's not just how long. That's that's part of it. But also the motivation. Did they do it because of pastoral concern for their congregation? And this seems like it could be the worst thing ever. And I don't want my people to die on my watch. I'm going to protect them. I'm sure or, they all said that. Or did they do it in their heart of hearts because the government told them to and they didn't want to get in trouble? Well, if you ask them, they're going to say, because we care and for the congregation. If that was their motivation. Then they got to answer to God for that, because the, well. the church was more needed then than maybe any time in the last 20 years. The church was needed and we went AWOL it's but so many, aggravating
2: to but me. many of the churches and the church leadership said well we have to obey the laws and if the laws are these mandates we have to go by these mandates and i know a few pastors that really had a good heart but they really did not want to disobey what they felt was a law And they were not able to rationalize what the Bible said compared to what the law said.
0: Right. Yeah, a misapplication of Romans 13, in my opinion. And that's what happened with John MacArthur, famously, you know, now in California. They shut down for about six weeks, I believe. Uh, And then they realized, no, we need to open back up. And they got challenged by the government there. And then they they won. And then they really dug in deep. And they came out with a statement against it and they went to court and they won and they got a financial settlement and all that sort of stuff. So they ended up on the right side, but they didn't start out on the right on the right side. John MacArthur is one of the more famous pastors in America. And so his, when he speaks, it, it resonates and it travels through you know social media and stuff. And early on, back in March and April, he was saying, you need to do what the government tells you, Romans 13. And I'm at the time like aghast. I'm like. John MacArthur is one of the good guys. How is he so wrong on this?
2: Well, when there's a bomb but, exploding, you step back and assess the situation. That's what he did. It right, took him so, six weeks to figure it out, and they said, no, this is God But now hell. his
0: position is Romans 13. He, basically, he, he hasn't gone quite so far as to admit that he specifically was wrong, but what he's saying now is the polar opposite of what he was saying in the spring of 2020. So he is – I I feel like he is – um, uh, matured his view of Romans 13 where now it squares with what Scripture teaches where it was wrong before. And I've got some grace for that. But McCarthy, they say, hey, we righted the ship. We did. We shouldn't maybe shouldn't have shut down as long as we did, but we fixed it and now we're moving forward. I would recommend his church. Very much right? so. Right? If he was in Frederick, I'd recommend it all day. Uh, and if somebody moves to California, I would recommend they go to his church. So that's not what I'm talking about. But the other thing is the requirements. If a church recommended somebody, recommended, no, if somebody recommended recommend all you want. If somebody said you must wear a mm-hmm. face covering in order to come and corporately worship God, help, somebody help explain to me how that's not a violation of scripture. There is right. no, that's an extra biblical requirement. There's no requirement to wear a face covering before you can come and sing praises in to fact, the Lord. In fact, there's precedent
1: for certain false religions requiring that, uh, of masks of certain kinds uh, in worshiping uh, again, M- many denom- Z- demonic things and uh, and uh, worshiping
2: is done with masks on and six feet apart so you go
0: figure and you've got a num- uh, just the right number of people they would be six 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 feet apart yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that was made up by the way i mean the whole thing pe- pastors mm-hmm. I, i've i've had some doozies on this show i've had pastors that didn't know that christ and messiah were the same thing on this show so i mean not all pastors are that bright but as a general rule pastors are generally pretty bright people and for them to be so hoodwinked by this sort of stuff is just – it makes me wonder about the condition of their heart and the condition of their of their strength of leadership, which is what we really need to get into. And We haven't even gotten into that yet, and now we're almost – we're up against the clock on another episode. I think we're going to carry this over one more week. One more time. To talk about – because I still do. We teased it last week, and we didn't even get to it this week. Let's say you're going to a church. And you've been wrestling with, I, I think I maybe need to leave. We need to help that person figure out – when it is time maybe to leave, and if they do, how they should go about handling that. We haven't addressed that at all, and I think that's an important pastoral thing for us to do. Uh, we got about a minute. Um, give me your elevator uh, pitch. I'm in the elevator with you, and I'm some pagan, heathen, Satanist, and you need, you need me to know what the truth is. You would share the truth with what words, Imran?
2: Uh, you, you want to build a relationship. If you're just preaching, the person's not going to hear you have to at least ask questions and find out where they are and find out what they're looking for, and, and go, go from that point and care about somebody. You know, ask questions and listen to what they're saying, and then what say questions. What kind of questions? I mean, the questions are, you know, where are you going to go for eternity? Do you know what's going to happen after you die? Do you, and why do you know that? Where does that knowledge or wisdom come from? And who makes the rules? You know, why do you do something right when you say it's right? Why is it right? Who makes those rules? And that gets you the question of actually finding out where God is and who God is. Because if they don't have the fear of God, there's no wisdom. You can't argue with a fool.
0: And we're going to let that be the last word for this week's show. Imran Rasby's is the voice you just heard. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Razby also on the show this week. I'm Troy Skinner. This is The Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. You can find a whole bunch of information about the show and us and our churches. And you can put out a request for prayer or ask a theological question at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, you can go to the station's website to connect with the show as well. That's wfmd.com. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless. What?